Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today is going to be a very interesting conversation between Kyle Malmstrom and Derek Myron. Gentlemen, how are you? Fantastic, Eric. Doing awesome, Eric. Happy New Year, guys. This is I talked to Kyle a few weeks ago, but Derek, this is the first time you and I have you know, spoken in the New Year. It's 2021. What do you think? I know. Well, yeah, I can look back with perfect hindsight in 2020. That's right. 20, 2020 <laughs> hindsight. Couldn't wait to use that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I said at the end of the year, I said, if hindsight's 2020, I don't want it because, you know, it's just horrible. <laughs> but you, you don't want to go through 2020 with your eyes shut. Uh, we yeah. want to look forward to, to what's going on here. And I know today's conversation is really uh, kind of you guys gazing into the future a little bit, not a crystal ball, but kind of gazing into the future of what you've heard politically, what's going on and how that can affect uh, the, the folks that are listening to this podcast, some possible changes coming down the line. And obviously we know that none of these are permanent or none of these are, you know, for sure, 100%. You guys have your finger on the pulse of the news and what's going on, because this is what you do every day, right? We do. Lots of tax changes probably coming our way, Eric. Yeah, that's that's what we figured. So I, I'm, I'm here for the conversation. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Like I said, you guys are the pros. So come on, teach me. Let's go. 2020 is behind us, and now we got a new administration getting ready to get sworn in. And we just had a, a Senate runoff, making it 50-50 in the Senate with a... Deciding vote being Kamala, everything in the tax Biden plan and the Biden tax plan, excuse me, that we were hoping might get staved off by a split Senate is now all on the table, I believe. Well, we were hoping that the GOP would retain the Senate and the, there would be a split Congress, right? So that the the Dems do have 11 vote advantage in the House of Representatives, but now it looks like they're going to also own the Senate as well. And so as long as they keep everybody together, they're likely going to get the legislation they want passed. That's right. I think Derek and I want to chat about the different strategies and the timing of consideration for the people that don't want to get tattooed by higher income taxes and higher estate taxes and, and trying to keep the, the money in their own pocket and in the, in the pockets of their family versus having the government control that money. So Biden had proposed had run on a $2.1 trillion tax increase over the next 10 years. And with the blue wave, looks like he's going to get some of it. It's just a matter of time. Well, let's talk about a little bit what Joe Biden had proposed, Derek. And on the income tax side, what was Joe looking to do? What's he looking to do to our, our clients? In 2016, when, when Trump won, he was sworn into office January 20th in 2017. And even though at that time they had both the Senate and the House, and it took them until December 27th to get Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed. We'll see if the Biden team can do it more quickly. Trump's tax cut, right, it was effective January 1st, 2018. They didn't go retroactive. But it's been rumored that very likely the Biden team are going to do it retroactive to January 1st of this year. There's been a lot written around about that, and there's been a lot written about what the Biden income tax plan looks like. What they have shared is that they intend to increase marginal rates. There are six tax brackets. They intend to return them back to 
the Obama era tax rates where tax top federal tax rate goes to 39.6%. That moves every bracket up a few percent. But the next thing that he said, which has got to be, I, I, he said he's planning on taking the 20% capital gains tax rate and taking that up to the top tax bracket for those over $400,000 of income. Excuse me, is it over a million dollars? of income for it? Okay, for over a million. 39.6 over a million. I mean, that just seems that like that's going to really impede a lot of business to getting done because that's, a you know, doubling those tax rates. I think that a lot of people are going to try to put the brakes on those kinds of transactions. So anyway, that that's what was proposed. What else? What what other goodies are are in there, Kyle? Oh, you wanted to eliminate the 1031 exchange for those of you uh, that don't know what that is. It's a like kind exchange where you can sell a piece of rental property or an investment property for a like kind rental or investment property and defer the tax that you ordinarily would pay. And that's a really big, you know, in the real estate market, that transaction is very, very common. We do that all the time. We help clients with that transaction. And it's, if you defer real estate because it's so tax efficient over time, you get the income, you get the depreciation, which is helpful. And then you 1031 into a bigger property, maybe it creates more income. And when, if they eliminate that, I, I, it's a pretty I find that hard to believe. Plan. Yeah, I find that be very, tough, very, I yeah. I, I agree I with mean, you on that one. I, th- I tend to think that the government tends to put tax laws that don't adversely affect them, but not always. I suspect this one would adversely affect quite a, of them, quite a few of them, but he has put it in there. So it's yeah. in there. Well, what else on the income tax side? He wants to raise corporate tax rates to 28% on C-Corps. Yeah. Up from so. 21, which if you remember when it got lowered to 21, the stock market went straight up because of the profitability of the, of the Fortune 500 of all, all public traded companies, C-Corps, went up because they got to keep more of the profits. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if he does raise that to 28%, if that has a negative effect on the stock market. One would think it would. Yeah, I think he also is talking about eliminating the 21% for the pass-through entities, for all the uh, you know sole proprietors or partnerships or LLCs or S-Corps, all those folks that were enjoying that 199A deduction uh, to put those people on par with with uh, C corps, th- that's all supposed to be getting eliminated as well. Not welcome news to many of the small business owners in the country, especially during a pandemic. Let's talk about estate taxes. What are they planning on doing there? Gift and estate. Yeah, he's pretty aggressive on that one as well. So, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you know, doubled the exemption. Right now, this year, the exemption, which means how much you can leave without the government taking. Forty percent of every dollar uh, moved up to eleven point seven percent or eleven point seven million this year. He actively ran to reduce that number down to three or three and a half million dollars, hmm. and so massive tax increase from an estate tax point of view. So you know you're going to get another nine million dollars affected here that they collect forty cents on the dollar on. He's he's been very vocal about that one. He wants to bring that back. It will sunset in 2026, but you know the government needs money, and Biden needs money for the tax credits for the low-income taxpayers. I suspect he's going to try to move that one forward. 
Yeah. So th- this coincides with a lot of things that we told our clients all last year, give away your exemption if you can into structures that are going to make it efficient for your family because the IRS had gone on record in 2019 to say, if you had given away your exemption, they cannot come and tax you later for that. This is the scenario that set up a, a blue wave for, for the Democrats to have all three chambers of uh, two chambers of Congress and the presidency. They're going to probably get a lot of what they want here. Now, they have a very thin majority, so they, they're, they're probably really going to have to be super careful to walk a tight line because if anybody if they lose anybody along the way they they won't get what they want but if if they fall in line they're they're likely going to get a lot of this stuff they're talking about raising that rate from 40 percent up to 45 percent he's also talking about something that was happened in the early 70s typically when you when you pass away and you have assets in your estate you get a step up in basis right all the capital gains the previous prior basis goes away and then they hold up the yardstick and say how much are you over the yardstick and then you have to pay 40 or now maybe 45 percent they're talking about eliminating the step up in basis like oh my gosh that's the full employment act for cpas and i think they'll be going crazy they have to track basis forever they tried it once in like the early 70s and it only lasted about 18 months i don't know if we have enough cpas in the country to continue to to track all this stuff anyway they will, they will continue to employ cpas for that very reason right that one, along with the elimination at 1031, seems aggressive. But it does seem he, aggressive. Again, again, he did run on it. Let's see what officially comes down the pike here. I think it's probably summertime or early fall before they really put some proposals together. But And they're going to have to do some horse trading, right, like they always do, to get some of this stuff done. But they have, much like President Trump came in and said, I'm going to dismantle. Obamacare, right? The Affordable Care Act. It's 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 a repeat story, except for Biden's going to try to come in and uh, dismantle the tax tax cuts and Jobs Act. So they're going to do everything they can to to raise taxes and and collect more money, and they need it. So I can see why they're going to try, but I think it's going to stifle the economy. We'll we'll have to see. So Derek, yeah, for I our think, client, go ahead. Yeah, I th- I think what they were saying a couple months before the cam pain ended was, hey, we we need to make the pandemic the number one issue. We need to figure out how to get 60 to 70 percent of American citizens vaccinated, put people back to work. This kind of tax policy would uh, is going to serve to slow down economic expansion. So we'll see. They have to hold them. They have to keep their people together to make this happen. They also said that they're going to focus their efforts on people that make income north of $400,000 and that they're going to go after the states north of three and three and a half million bucks. Those are, you know, those are the people that are going to, these policies are going to be aimed at taking more of your wealth, more of your income and more of your wealth. That's likely what's coming. Kyle likes to say the train is coming down the tracks. You can hear the whistle blowing and the lights getting big. What do we need to do? What should we do to get prepared? There's a lot of good strategies out there right now that that works to our clients' favor, and and the government and the and the IRS, they're always moving, moving the cheese around, and and you got to figure out, hey, what's the optimal strategy to protect your estate and and do the things that you want to do. Now is no different than any other time in history. So some of the things that we have opportunities to take advantage of 
right now is this low interest rate environment. A lot can be done in a low interest in, interest rate environment that is different than a high interest rate environment. One of the ideas, and we, we banter all these ideas around all the time, is if you are a, a client with $50, $100 million, because of this low interest rate environment, you can make intercompany, inter-family loans to your kids, call it $2 million, $3 million, $4 million bucks. They can start a business. They can invest it. But you can make that loan at 1%, right, of super low, low interest rate. And as long as he earns more than 1% or she earns more than 1%, that money is going to grow outside of your estate and in the estate of your of your beneficiaries and the people you care about. And that effectively saves 40 cents on every dollar for every dollar that is that it grows, right? Yeah. Low interest rate environment provides another opportunity to renegotiate loans, installment loans. It plays into a lot of the calculations for uh, estate planning strategies that that the government mandates. You know, the government has to make an assumption on a lot of the transactions out there, and, and a low interest rate environment favors some of those strategies. Okay. In- but let's, so we've had the election, we've had the runoff. The law hasn't changed yet. What should you do? So th- that's great. You can do uh, interfamily loans, and th- that's a way to freeze the estate and get the growth outside of your estate and, or in your, one of your kids' estates. And the delta between what they earn and what they have to pay you, eventually, that money is growing outside of your estate. That's great. But what should, they, what should clients do who didn't, they felt rushed, or they just, for whatever reason, didn't get their estate planning done in 2020, and they still have large exemptions in 2021, what should they do? They need to talk to their advisors first and decide that it's a priority to get something done because it's not going to last forever, right? One of the biggest strategies of 2020 were spousal lifetime income trusts. Access trusts. Access trusts, excuse me. And they called SLATs. That strategy is one where you kind of get to keep your cake and eat it too, right? I mean, there's not many times where you get to to have a situation where you give the money away, but you still get to enjoy it. The slack concept really had some teeth last year and still does. Whether or not they do the retroactive piece on the estate tax has yet to be determined, but a slat's one of them. Absolutely. I think although you may be in legal jeopardy, like what Kyle just said, because they could make their tax law that they pass later this year, they could make it retroactive to January 1st, which could invalidate the planning that you're, that you're potentially going to do. I still think it's a worthwhile endeavor. I think if, if this is you and you're listening to this and you didn't, you have a large estate and you didn't use up your exemptions, getting with your advisors and figuring out, okay, what is based on our facts, assumptions, and goals, how do we best want to position our estate with a slat or two to use up our exemption and get it get these assets growing outside of our estate but still give it ourselves access i think that's a fantastic strategy to use up exemptions and just know real quick when you say use up exemption just make sure everyone's on the same page what does that mean what is what does use up an exemption yeah good good question today you have 11.7 million dollars of assets that you can give away today or you 
as a lifetime exemption. And that doubled in 2018 when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed in 2017. In 2018, it went from five and a half million to 11, a little over 11 million. And every year it's indexed for inflation. It goes up. In 2026, that was scheduled to go back down to around five or six million dollars. Now, historically, this is way more than we've ever had historically from an exemption. Back in 2011, it was a million bucks. Then it went to three and a half million. Then Mitch McConnell and Obama got together and they got it, they went to five million dollars in around 2012 or so, 11 or 12, something like that. Now it's at 11.7 million dollars. The Biden administration said that they're going to lower that to three to three and a half million dollars. And that will likely happen in Q3 or Q4 of this year. And what was rumored that they would make it retroactive to January 1st. So you could go do this planning right now and give away your exemption. The IRS said in 2019, they cannot, meaning the IRS said, we will not tax you if you've given away this money in the future. We will not tax you on that gift because that was the law at the time that you made the gift. So you could give away that exemption, then they can't take it away from you. So you're allowed that lifetime exemption plus $15,000 to anybody you want, as many people as you want every year if you want. That's the gifting regime. Very likely is going to change in Q3 or Q4 of this year. Is it retroactive to January 1st or are they going to make it start January 1st, 2022? Who knows? So Derek, what if I need the... What if I need that 11.7 million? I'm married and I got just called 25 million bucks and I want to give away in the slight concept, I give away the 11.7. Aren't I in jeopardy of what if I need that money? Yeah. So that the, the, the title of that structure, it's a spousal lifetime access trust. That money is for your benefit. Should you need it for your health maintenance and welfare? And then this money can pass from generation to generation free of state gift and gift generation skipping tax. It's for so your spouse's benefit, right? It's for your spouse's benefit. So maybe you might, you might consider setting up two of these, one for each of you that, that are different and have different terms associated with them. I guess the point is that we think that has a lot of flexibility and in our experience, when clients have flexibility, they're willing to do more estate planning. When they feel like it's inflexible, always the question is, what could happen next, right? I don't know, another pandemic. The sky could fall. Who knows what could happen? I don't want to set up structures such that it's so inflexible that I'm, that I'm kicking myself that I did something that I might not otherwise would have done. I would just add that on the, on the gifting of the exemption, Derek, that it's use it or lose it. I mean, if you don't use it and they lower that down to three or three and a half million dollars, you don't get a do over. It's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Now they could come back on retroactively, make it ineffective. I'm not sure if they're going to do that or not. I suspect they might want to try, but they may not do it. But at least you've put yourself in a position to have that extra nine million bucks out there. And, you know, that's four million dollars in tax savings if you can get it out. Absolutely. So I think on the estate planning side is I'm, I'm not certain that time has run out. I think you should take action now and figure out what should I put in place 
to best protect my family because it's very likely could be coming this year, but most definitely it's going to come next year. What should I do? Get your team together, figure out what should, what should we do, but take action quickly. So that's on the estate planning side. Let's talk about the income tax planning side. I mean, between what the federal government said they're intending to do and what the state of California is considering doing, I mean, you better hold on your wallet. Income tax planning is going to be infinitely more valuable. I don't know, 50% more valuable, 75% more valuable, because tax rates are going to go up likely across the board, and budgets are broken across the board, whether it be your city or your state or your federal government. They need more revenues. Our audience are the types of people that are going after to get that money. So, Kyle, what should folks do who earn more than $400,000 a year or have big dividends or have large potential money in motion events, sale of a business, a divorce, or sale of a piece of real estate? What should those folks do? A lot of options out there, and it's, it's, I mean, it's cliche. It's always specific to your specific situation, obviously, right? But let's take capital gains. Right, if he's going to move it to thirty nine point six percent on long term capital gains, and you, in this instance, let's say you got a portfolio with a couple million dollars worth of gains, you're going to need that money, or you want to use it for something else. You may take advantage of the lower long term capital gain tax rates today, and sell out of it, and then there's additional strategies we can lay around to mitigate that tax. But I mean, just simply put, you want to recognize stuff recognize taxes at a lower rate today than you would tomorrow, right? If you're going to buy something on sale, you buy it on sale because it's on sale and you don't have to pay full retail price tomorrow. And it's kind of the same thing with tax. The nice part is we get a little bit of a window here before those tax changes come into play. So that's one example. We put people into these strategies called gold silver and bronze and we call the golden period is any time up to the date that the sale occurs whether you sign a letter of intent or you've sold the assets entered escrow all strategies are available during this golden period and that is the best period because there's lots of things that can be done the silver period is a time the the date you've signed letter of intent you've entered escrow that's effectuated essentially in the IRS's mind, a sale has occurred. But between that date and December 31st, we call that the silver period. There's a lot of transactions available, but not everything that's available in the golden period. Then the bronze period is from January 1st until the date that you file the tax return. You're on the podium, you're excited, you did a couple things, but you're looking up and saying, gosh, if I had just started earlier, I could have had that top spot, that gold spot, or I really did myself a big service in, in mitigating my tax obligations. Our advice is start early, figure out what are the three or four things you should consider, figure out how to get that thing, those things modeled out, understand what would be the risks, what are the costs to set up, what are the costs to implement, what's the cost to monitor, what are the risks, what makes sense. Get that, get that blueprint created and then put your plan in motion execute. Uh, this is just going to become infinitely more valuable with where tax rates are headed. Absolutely. There are 
I don't know, we got a list of over 50 different tax planning, income and estate planning strategies that we implement, and they all dovetail with one another in some way, shape, or fashion, right? Your situation could be you need this strategy combined with this strategy, and two years from now when this liquidity event happens, you're going to exit this strategy and do another strategy. It's, it's very customized. And it's very specific to to your situation and how you model it out and say, okay, what are the pros and cons? What are the benefits to Derek's point? What are the risks? And and how much flexibility do I need? How much control? Right? A lot of strategies require consideration of control. Are you willing to give up mm-hmm. control? Mm-hmm. Right? And that some people are fine giving away control and some people aren't. And so that changes the strategies and the and the makeup of how you put a plan together to minimize all the tax. So we do a lot of income tax planning around here. And one thing that does stick out is charitable planning, charitable planning. And we've done podcasts on charitable planning strategies because of the low interest rate environment, charitable planning, if designed properly can save you 40, 50 cents on the dollar this year and allow you to retain those dollars earn money on that money for a long, long period of time. That's one yeah, super, super, super powerful strategies. I think in, in closing today, I think what Kyle said is a hundred percent, right? Everybody's tax situation is different. It's like a Plinko machine going through your tax returns. Unfortunately, it's not scalable doing tax planning. Every single person you have to do a plan for because, you know, like a Plinko machine, you drop it in at the top and how it works its way through the bottom. It's, it's crazy how complicated it is. But I th- it's getting a plan, getting it done early so you can consider all your options so you're not rushing to make decisions because it's complicated. What final piece of advice do you have here, Kyle? I want to throw in one more strategy because it is um, specific to the environment we're in, which is specific to COVID. And that when you're gifting, and this is from an estate planning standpoint, and this one's timely, everything's timely, but this one has a specific, you'll see. If you're trying to get a closely held business to the next generation, and that business is impacted by COVID in a very negative fashion, your business is suffering right now, and that's not to say it won't come back, but you may get a very low, low valuation on that company today. Now is your chance to get that company out before it rebounds and becomes really valuable again, right? If you have a $20 million business that you can go get a valuation on that makes it two or three million bucks, get that two or three million dollar business out, and then when it recovers, all of that growth of that business is going to be outside of the estate. It'll be down to your gen, your next generation. That's one that is specific to COVID and kind of the environment we're in now. Yep. So you might want to consider that one. Just I want to get that one in there because that's a big one. Absolutely. Well, I know that we covered a lot in a short amount of time. As always, we thank you for listening. Uh, Eric, what do you have to say to close us up here? Well, I do have one question on what Kyle just said. Kyle, what if somebody's had a, a evaluation on their business maybe in 2019, and then they get a valuation now and it's dropped a ton? Does that does that factor into taxes? That's really it. Depends on if you've gifted it out or not, right? I mean, if you gifted it out at the higher number, then it, you know it's already moved. 
you ideally want to get the lowest valuation that you can defend and take a position that's that's the real valuation at the time you gifted it out. It depends on whether or not you gifted it already, Eric. Gotcha. If you already gifted it, it's already gone. But you want to you want to try to get it out. If you have a low valuation, you want to consider that gifting strategy to get that out of your estate now. Yeah. Well, again, guys, Derek, you said it best. It's a plinko machine, and now I can't get you know the, the Price Is Right plinko machine because at the end they usually win something. Uh, but uh, not <laughs> yeah, everybody you might does. win a big tax bill. That's what you win. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is that zero slot on that uh, on that plinko <laughs> machine online. Anyway, guys, a, a ton of great information. Kyle, I, I believe you're the one that brought up. There's you know you've got forty, fifty strategies, um, and the fact that you, you couple that with the advice that Derek said with it's individualized. Everybody needs to, to talk to somebody that can walk them through and, and understand their specific personal situation. With that in mind, how do they reach out to you? You can always call us, 858-771-9500. But probably the easiest, just look us up on the internet, you know, centurowealth.com. Pretty straightforward. All right, centurowealth.com. Got it. Gentlemen, thank you so much. And again, Happy New Year. Thank you for being here with me. Thanks, Eric. Happy New Year, Eric. Thanks again. You bet. And to our listening audience, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Sertura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Sertura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 